Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Matt Clark, research analyst here with Money and Markets, your host of the Bull and the Bear podcast with your latest installment of said Bull and the Bear podcast. Uh, coming, uh, joining me uh, this, this episode is our contributor, Charles Sizemore. Uh, glad that he's able to, uh, to, to be with us. And, and I want to kind of jump right in. I mean, we're going to talk about kind of a, uh, a, a, a development in the market in terms of one particular sector. And then we're going to break down a couple stocks within that sector and, and kind of give our take on what those are and what we think about those. So we'll start right in. And you know, obviously the election is over, um, and at least in some form or fashion, it's over. It may not necessarily be over, over, but it's over. Uh, and, and, and right after, and during that time, during the, that entire week where things were being counted up until the Saturday where networks kind of proclaimed a, a, a winner, um, you know, one, one sector continued to climb a bit, and that was tech. Uh, and then after the race was called, then we saw healthcare jump up. We saw cannabis jump up. We've seen, you know, a lot of these sectors start to move forward. Um, however, you know, investor expectation, uh, you know, in other sectors has, has kind of hit tech a little hard, uh, especially when you consider, you know, new vaccines that are being discussed in relation to COVID. Uh, you know, I talked about Intel uh, in my last, in our last Bull and Bear podcast, uh, you know, Eli Lilly has talked about regenerate, uh, you know, has talked about, uh, you know, possible vaccine candidate, things like that. Uh, and, and investors are now starting to kind of turn their money away from tech and put them into, uh, you know, these vaccines, into healthcare, into other, into other sectors. And it's kind of caused a, uh, kind of a tech sell-off. Um, you know, that sell-off moved the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite index down about 1.4% uh, earlier this week. Comparatively, the small cap Russell 2000 actually went up about 2%. If you look at a particular ITF, I, look, I pulled out the, uh, uh, the iShares Global Tech ETF. It trades on the New York Stock Exchange under IXN. Uh, that's an exchange traded fund that pretty much tracks uh, notable technology stocks. It, it's jumped 77% since its low in March of 2020. But then again, everyone hit a low in March of 2020, so going up isn't necessarily out of the ordinary. But after hitting that high, the ETF pared back about 11% inched higher and now is trending, was trending lower uh, at the end of the week. Uh, the ETF holds companies like Apple, uh, Microsoft, NVIDIA, you know, big tech companies that, that, you, that you know. And I want to bring in Charles Sizemore first and talk about this tech sell-off. And I guess, Charles, first off, give me, give me your thoughts and your take on, 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 this whole, on this sell-off. It's not a huge sell-off per se. It's not one of those things that I think would instill investor panic in the, talk, in the tech sector, but it is something to watch and something that could uh, you know, continue on for a period, especially as we see uh, obviously more COVID vaccine news and, and other things like that and some fall off uh, based on the 2020 presidential election. So give me your thoughts on, on the tech sell-off. Yeah, do you remember the whole risk on, risk off trade from really the last 10 years where, you know, that was, that was the, the phrase used in the media, right? Right. Financial media. Risk on, and it, risk it, off. And in fact, Adam O'Dell, our chief investment strategist in his 10X profit service, he actually uses risk on, risk off. And that's how he... he that's, that's literally his model. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it is to a T. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, you know, the expression uh, risk on, risk off, um, I, I would say uh, we have a variation of that today. COVID on, COVID off. Okay. <laughs> so when investors are in like uh, they're in COVID fear mode, 
all of these you know, tech stocks and, and, and stocks that benefit from social distancing and stocks that are not affected by crowds and you know, not affected by travel, not affected by any of that stuff, they tend to do well. So the tech leaders that have really, really killed it this year, those were the COVID on stocks. Right. Whenever you see news about, well, we may have you know, positive, uh, you know, positive news on the vaccine front. You know, we may have a vaccine sooner than expected. Or, hey, this vaccine was 90% effective. We were only expecting it to be 75% effective. So this is, you know, this is a big bump. Well, then you go into COVID off mode where investors start sniffing around at all the value stocks. Right. Well, money has to come from somewhere. So if people are buying airlines or hotels or whatever, you know, movie theater stocks, whatever, AMC, by the way, went up 50%. It opened 50% higher uh, the day the, the positive vaccine news was announced. I mean, that, that shows you like, how, how volatile this, this, this has been. Yeah, it, it, just, it just shows the, 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 how rapid investors can change their sentiment as well based on a headline. Well, yes, it, but, but about that, you know, think about money flows. If investors are pouring into airline stocks that day, movie theaters, whatever, they have to pull the money out of something. You know, they right. have to sell Amazon or Apple or, or whatever. You know, they have to free up the cash in order to rotate it into uh, those other names. You also have this, um, this is kind of probably a longer conversation for a different day, but the, the, the issue of, of short squeezes. When you had so many people betting against airlines, movie theaters, you know, all, all of these uh, you know, COVID hit sectors, it, it doesn't take much to, have the, to make those shorts cover. If there's good news coming, you know, like the, the nightmare for any short seller is to be stuck short a stock while it's rising rapidly. Exactly. That creates a self-fulfilling prophecy where, oh crap, like I'm short, I have to buy back my shares right. before this gets out of control. And then when every short does that, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where everybody's buying at once and the thing rockets higher. So that's what we saw in some of the, you know, the COVID hit stocks, airlines, movie theaters, et cetera. And um, I think some, to some extent, the street, sees that and thinks, oh, well, this is a rotation into value. So maybe we need to sell off tech as well. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, it's a mixed muddled narrative here, but that's basically it. When, when COVID news is positive, you, people rotate out of these, these stocks Correct. that have gotten a bit expensive. I mean, they, right. they're not cheap anymore, right? Right. Um, they're good companies. They're yeah, absolutely. Companies. They're, they're profitable. They're just not cheap. So you do see people trying to, to, to to bottom fish a little bit, go for those 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 sectors that were obliterated uh, throughout this year. So that's to me, that's what's going on. It's yeah, you not have to that think investors are, are are sour to tech. It's more right. they're just they're they're looking elsewhere. Right. You have to look at this as 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 a pie, and and, and when you have you know when you're when you have your portfolio or your you have your investment capital, that's a pie, and 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 you'll have slices of it that go here, slices of it that go here, slices of it that go there, wherever that may be. And that pie stays whole. It's not as if you're injecting new capital. You're just basically taking what you have and you're reallocating that elsewhere to find more value and, and, and to possibly take advantage of possible value gains uh, as, as news comes out. I, to me, I think that's about the simplest way to put it outside. I mean, I, you, you mentioned shorts and, and, and you're absolutely right, but I think you just have to think of it as, as your investment is, is, is a pie and you've got a quarter of it here, 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 if you have it all equally allocated. Uh, when you see things like a COVID-19 vaccine, then you start thinking, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to get back into things like airlines or, 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 or movie uh, you know, theaters or, or entertainment or things like that. Things that I see as possibly rebounding if a vaccine 
becomes a reality and becomes, you know, in, in produced in mass. Okay, well then I need to take, I need to take money out of somewhere, out of one of those other quarters to put into um, where I'm wanting to invest in. And, and so that's, that's, that's kind of how, how it's happening and, and right now. that tech sliver, you know, that tech piece of the pie, you know, if it started the year at 20%, it might be 50% by now because exactly. it's exploded higher and everything else is either stagnated or shrunk. So exactly. the natural thing to do is to rebalance. Right. And so I, what we're, we're seeing to some extent is rebalancing as well. Right. And, and again, you're absolutely right. It doesn't indicate that there is some issue with tech. It doesn't indicate that there's some issue with these companies within tech. It just means that investor sentiment is to try to find profit elsewhere. They've had, they've had a nice run up of profit with tech, uh, you know, for the first, you know, eight, 10, 11 months of the year, basically. Uh, and because the coronavirus has wreaked havoc everywhere else. Now we're seeing that sentiment kind of move off a little bit and say, okay, well, maybe I'm going to find profit here, here, or here because of a new vaccine. So that's why you're seeing it. It's not because there's something, you know, fantastically wrong with tech. That's not the case at all. And it's not that, you know, we can expect this broad-based sell-off of tech. That's not it at all either because I don't think anyone is ever going to just completely abandon a position in tech to, say, airlines or, or movie theaters or something. I, it, that's just not a feasible investment option, I don't think. I mean, I guess you can if you want, but probably not necessarily it, one it I would It certainly wouldn't be an option for anybody with real capital. You're, you're not going to see a large mutual yeah. fund manager or a large hedge exactly. fund manager just dump if all his grow stocks and then rotate into... If you're playing with a hundred bucks you know, on Robinhood, maybe. If you're playing with a million dollars, you know, of, of either your money or someone else's, not going to happen. Just not going to happen. Well, good. I, you know, I'm glad we touched on that. I want to transition now into, uh, I, I found a, a couple of tech stocks I really want to talk about. Uh, and, and there's a reason why, and I will probably address it as we go on. Um, you know, the first company, it, it's a, it's a big, these are big tech companies. These are ones that you know, uh, that you know you probably have products from, or at least you have heard of or seen their commercials on television or, or whatever. This company, the first company we'll talk about, has a market cap of about $186.2 billion. It specializes in CPUs, which are basically central processing units that go in computers and phones and tablets and, and, and all this. They, they also do microchips. Uh, they do memory and storage products. Uh, at, you know, it's one-year annual sales growth rate is about 11%. Uh, annual sales went from 70 billion in 2018 to 71 billion in 2019. However, it's 2020 quarterly sales have trended downward over the last three quarters. So I don't expect it to hit uh, to top 71 million. In fact, I think it will probably be lower than 71 million, closer to probably the 70 million from 2018. Uh, company's one-year earnings per share growth rate is 19.6%, but like its sales, its earnings have steadily declined in each of the last three quarters. So probably not going to see that share growth uh, in 2020. Shares of the company took a hit during the corona crash. Obviously, everyone did, but they rebounded about 45% into June. However, that the, this tech sell-off we're talking about has pushed their shares even lower than where they were during the crash. This company has, has, has almost hit a rock bottom in terms of its share price. The company here is Intel Corporation. It trades on the NASDAQ under INTC. Uh, this was, this really surprised me, Charles, whenever I saw, uh, and I looked at this stock chart and I really, I was wondering, was there something wrong? Is there, is there, so, is this a, a math Bad error data. perhaps? Uh, but no, it's not. I mean, this, this company it has, has, has trended downward. Uh, it, it had a, a significant drop back in August. Um, and then it's kind of tried to fight its way back a little bit, but then it had another spectacular drop at the end of October. Uh, and it is, it is struggling to recover. Um, so, you know, let's talk about Intel. What, what are your thoughts here? Intel, it's funny. A few years ago, I would have said Intel is a, almost like a natural monopoly. You could buy Intel and just never worry about it. Apart from the, the, the chips they make that go into PCs, 
they're, they have chips that goes in, that go into servers, that go into data centers. That, that you know, they they really kind of had the market right. They, they for right. all intents and purposes, they own the market. I am steering clear of Intel right now. I, it's it's a stock that I've traded in and out of um, really for the last couple of years, and I'm I'm getting out of it. And uh, the reason is, it's not so much that they the, the, the declining sales, the declining sales wouldn't necessarily necessarily bother me if it was just oh well that you know. They didn't sell as many PCs. This, you know, the, the stores were closed. They didn't sell as many PCs. Right. Therefore, Intel didn't sell as many chips. I, I wouldn't care about that. That's cyclical. What is disturbing to me is they're starting to lose market share to NVIDIA in the data center sales. Significant market share to NVIDIA. And that's a big deal. Like that, that's, that's computing. You know, yes. like, and, at the end of the day, the data center is, that's the big macro trend here. Exactly. In, in, that's the cash cow. And when yeah, you start yeah, losing, exactly. and when you start losing market share in that cash cow, that becomes a bit of a concern. It, it is, it is. So Nvidia's chips are, are fundamentally different. It's funny, Nvidia's origins are uh, video games. Yeah, graphics. And graphics, exactly. So their chips have people have found all sorts of new applications for their chips. You know, Bitcoin mining. Yeah. Uh, artificial intelligence. That's uh, right. They're using Nvidia chips for a lot of the, uh, you know, the self-driving cars and whatnot. Um, and of course, data centers now. So. If it looks like NVIDIA is starting to eat Intel's lunch and it's starting to look that way, this technology is not an area where there's a lot of silver medals, right? It's right. kind of a winner takes all. That's right. So it's, you, you want to be in the winner. You, you don't want to be in the second place. That's right. Second place I mean, in airlines, that might be fine. In restaurants, that might be fine. In technology, in, know, it's not. Toothpaste, it might be fine. But right. in technology, it's not. No. Because it mean it means your 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 research and development is not keeping up with the times. Well, just ask MySpace what it's like to be number two. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a great point. That's that's a great example. No one even remembers MySpace. That's it was right. MySpace and Facebook. They were peers, and then Facebook took off, and MySpace My, died. MySpace didn't didn't develop with the times. They they tried to be too narrow focused in terms of uh, of of their branding, and Facebook just came in and ate their lunch. Yeah, now I, to be clear, I wouldn't say that Intel is quite, you know, MySpace. Yeah, I'd probably, no, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's but apples I mean, and oranges. But, 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 you know, it, but the it, example holds true. Exactly. Um, Intel has some issues, and it's it's a it's a riskier stock right now. And and I agree. I you know I look at Adam's uh, six factor green zone ranking system right now. Uh, Intel surprisingly, and I, I you know it rate it rates a fifty three overall, uh, which makes us very neutral on the stock. Um, if you look at its at its metrics, it does score high on quality. It scores a 97. It scores an 86 on value. Very low on size, but again, it's a big company. Its vol its momentum is extremely low. And as you know, kind of our philosophy here is buy high, sell higher. So that's obviously the first metric that I look at in terms of what is its momentum. Its momentum is going nowhere, if not down. Uh, you know, its growth is mid range. Its volatility is mid range. Uh, I, I'm just not, there's nothing that excites me about this. And Charles is absolutely right. When you see, when you start seeing companies like NVIDIA start actively, and I don't mean just slowly chip away. I mean, actively start taking market share away from a key sector like data center processing. Um, that is a massive bit of concern, um, for, for a company like Intel. So, uh, I, I think we're both pretty hard pass on, on Intel, uh, in terms of, of whether we would think that's a recommendation for your portfolio. 
So moving on to our second company, this is another large tech company. It's got a market cap of about $164 billion, so not quite as big as Intel, but pretty close. It specializes in designing and manufacturing and selling internet networking equipment like routers and switches. They're also in the data center space. They do sell some data center products, but it's more the hardware uh, in terms of, 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 of wireless uh, data center processing, things like that. So not, not quite the same as Intel. Intel sells processing chips. Uh, this company here is more focused on uh, the income of the data uh, in terms of, of, of networking. Uh, it's got a one-year annual sales growth rate of actually negative 5%. Uh, its sales went from $52 billion in fiscal 2019 uh, to $49.3 billion in its fiscal 2020. So that's a pretty significant drop in sales. Uh, its one-year earnings per share growth rate is 1.1%, three-year growth rate of 11.5%. Uh, its earnings per share went from 68 cents per share in the first quarter of 2020 to, to its first quarter of 2020 uh, to 62 cents per share in its fourth quarter, which they just actually wrapped up uh, in the previous quarter. As for share price, the company hit a low about $32 in March, rebounded 40, 47% in the middle of August, and now the stock has lost 18% since that time. Uh, also, the, the, the share price has hit the death cross. It hit that death cross back in September. This is where the 50-day moving average crosses below the 200-day moving average and indicates a slowdown in momentum. And that, and that occurred. And that occurred in a big way because it dropped significantly. Uh, the company here is Cisco Systems Incorporated, uh, trades on the NASDAQ under CSCO. And I will, let me preface this by saying that back in March, I actually recommended Cisco Systems as a, a, a stock to watch in terms of, uh, of computing. And it did not disappoint. It jumped massively. Uh, and, and so I just want to bring that out there that, that back, I think it was February is when I wrote the piece for money markets on moneymarkets.com that I recommended Cisco as one of, I think three or four stocks, uh, if not five, uh, to buy. And, and because I felt really good about where it was at. And then suddenly, you know, in late August, it just tanked. So Charles Cisco, um, where, where are you at here? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty neutral on it. I, I would say if we do get sort of a sustained rotation into value, this is one that we could, would be potentially interesting, but there's not just compelling reason to buy it right now. I think what we're really looking at here is probably a market perform. I think it probably performs in line with the S&P 500, but probably not much better. Right. At the end of the day, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing... So, so Cisco makes good switches, you know, good, good networking equipment. Oh, yeah. But networking equipment in general has become pretty commoditized. Yes. And a lot of what they used to do is actually replaced with software now. That's so right. You still, you still do need hardware. It's not that you, I mean, to run a data center and even to run a small office, you do need routers and switches, all that stuff. But these products just don't command the, the, the premium pricing they used to. I mean, they no. are essentially commoditized. So I don't see a compelling reason to, to buy and hold a stock like this. If you like it as a swing trade, go for it. But I would say I'm a, I'm a soft pass on this one. And, and just of note, Cisco does uh, reports earnings on uh, Thursday. They, they, we're recording this on Thursday. They are reporting earnings today. Uh, what those are, I don't know. I think they report after the market closes. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really sure what that means. But, uh, um, you know, I, I am a pass here. I, you know, I liked this back in February. I liked where it was going. It trended downwards into March, obviously, with the corona crash. But, uh, you know, after... With, current, with the coronavirus setting in and the, and the switch to work from home and the need for more uh, networking, especially at home, 
uh, you know, I really liked where Cisco was positioned and they did very well. They, they positioned themselves very well and they climbed significantly at 47, 48% uh, from their, from their March lows. But since then it's been a very rough go for them. Um, according to our six factor green zone rating system, Cisco is a 37 overall, and that means we are very bearish and one that we would probably tell you to avoid uh, according to those metrics. Its momentum is very low. Its size is very low. Its vol volatility is right in the middle, right at 50. Uh, you know, it does well. It's a good quality stock, um, and it's not a bad value stock either. So its price is not bad, but the growth potential here just doesn't seem to be kicking into gear as its growth score. It scores a 41 on growth. Um, so it, it's, I'd it's say in your best bet, this is a short term value trade. Like, I think so. I think so. I, I think it is. I think it is. This is probably not a buy and hold. This is probably not one that you, because it's just, it's just hard to tell because Charles is right. You know, the, the, the segment that Cisco is in has become, you know, now these products are everywhere. It's not, you know, there's no, Cisco doesn't have a moat around them. They're not, no. I don't. They, they don't, they don't, they haven't cornered themselves into the market to where they can just command massive market share because there's so many other players out there. You've got Netgear, you've got uh, third party brands, you've got just all sorts of generic uh, brands from China. Yeah. And, and they're everywhere. Yep. So I, Cisco, unless Cisco does some serious R and D and come up with some significant products, maybe tied to 5g uh, or something of that nature. Uh, it's hard to say how Cisco is going to recover uh, in any significant way in a short amount of time. Uh, they, they, you know, again, this is, it's not that Cisco is a bad company or not that, you know, we're saying this is just one that you just don't want to stay, you want to stay away from completely right now. However, the metrics, the fundamentals, the technicals say this is not a stock to buy. Very similar with Intel. It's not that Intel can't recover. It's not that they won't recover. It's not that they won't do better. It's just at this point in time, the metrics, uh, fundamentally and technically just say, these are not companies to invest in if you're looking at tech. So, uh, you know, Charles, you're kind with, of a soft limited, You know, limited capital to invest. You can't buy everything. And exactly. You know, just money exactly. that you would put in this would probably be better invested elsewhere. Probably need to invest it somewhere else. So uh, we're both, we're both a pass on both of these companies. Um, you know, Charles a little softer pass on Cisco than maybe I am, uh, which is, which is fine. I, you know, it, but it, I think the, the message here, the bottom line here is, is that uh, just as Charles said, if, you have a limited amount of capital and you're trying to maybe circulate back into tech, Cisco and Intel are probably not necessarily companies that you want to spend a lot of focus on to invest that, that capital into. So um, that's kind of our take on, on, on both those companies. We've talked about the big tech sell-off, uh, which again is, is cyclical. It's not uh, indicative of, of anything wrong with tech. It's just that, you know, investors are looking for profit in other markets that have been down because of the coronavirus uh, with, with vaccine news and things like that. You know, that's, that, that happens. The thing, you know, the market works in cycles. The, the business, business works in cycles. It happens all the time. It's not one that you need to be afraid of. It's not one that you need to be concerned about. It's not one that you need to throw your hands up and just exit your entire portfolio. It, it's, just, it's just a thing. It's patience. You have to be patient. You have to be diligent. Follow the system. Follow Adam's system. Uh, you know, because you know, we're, we're doing the work for you. We're letting you know, like, things like companies like Cisco and Intel. We're telling you, not right now. Not, they're not companies to buy right now. So take that into consideration. Uh, that's about all for us this, this time, uh, this time around. Certainly glad you joined us here on uh, the Bull and the Bear podcast. Again, uh, if uh, you are maybe watching us on YouTube or maybe you're listening to the podcast, you want to watch us on YouTube, uh, do so. Go to youtube.com. Uh, just type in money and markets in the search bar. We've got the green Bull and the Bear logo. Uh, just click on that. Make sure you subscribe to our channel. We've got our subscriptions are great. It's, it's phenomenal how many people are, are coming and joining the community and we, we love that. Uh, also, whenever you subscribe, you'll get a little notification bell. Just go ahead and hit that and you'll be able to, uh, 
uh, uh, get notified each and every time we put out a video, whether it's our marijuana market update, uh, our Bull and the Bear podcast, our week ahead, any other videos that we do uh, on our channel, you'll be able to get notified of. If you are listening to this via uh, video, maybe you want to listen to it as a podcast, you can do that as well. Just uh, check us out. We're on Apple, uh, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, a wealth of podcast indicators. We actually just expanded into India, interestingly enough. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of cool. We've actually picked up quite a bit out of India, though people interested in listening to the Bull and the Bear podcast. Do that. Make sure you follow and, and get notified uh, the same you would on YouTube. If you do have a comment or a question, if you're on YouTube, just leave a just leave a comment below or you can email us. The email address is thebullandthebear at moneyandmarkets.com. And before I go, one last thing, uh, you know, do not forget to, to head over to moneyandmarkets.com. Sign up for our free daily e-letter. It's where uh, Charles and myself and Adam O'Dell, our chief investment strategist, uh, we, we're writing things every day, uh, trying to provide you safe and sound investment information so you can make the best decisions for your portfolio. Uh, it comes once a day. Uh, it's not an, uh, it's not a big dump of, of things. It's two to three pieces. Uh, very simple, but head on over to moneymarkets.com and make sure you sign up for that. Also, I will tell you that Adam O'Dell's uh, Momentum Masterclass is out. It is ready to go. So definitely encourage you to uh, get into that. You can uh, get more information at moneymarkets.com. Uh, and, and, and make sure you sign up for that. It's, uh, it's, it's the strategy that Adam used to retire at the age of 33. And that's phenomenal because I'm older than 33 and I'm not retired and I wish I would have known what he knew in order to do that. So uh, make sure you head over to moneymarkets.com and check all that out. So uh, for Charles Sizemore, I am a Money Markets Research Analyst, uh, Matt Clark. Until next time, everyone, have a great weekend and safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. Thank <laughs> you.